0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXBI, paragraph two. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, in P, for the 12 traditions, Susan O, and reading the text are Rachel W., Lisa B., and Tina F. The reference numbers for Tuesday, November 21st are for the 7 a.m. 106.96 and for the 10 a.m. 106.98. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. Our sole purpose, OA's Fit Tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tens and P to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, everyone. Tenzin T calling in from outside of New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Tenzin. I will now ask Susan O. to please read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning. Susan Uh, O. gratefully recovered here on Connecticut Shore. Uh, One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Susan. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page XXVI, paragraph 2.
3: Well, I will
0: ask Rachel W. to begin reading.
3: Good morning, and good mor- thank you so much for your service. This is Rachel W. from New York, Recovered Compulsive reader. The physician who, at our request, gave us this letter has been kind enough to enlarge upon these views in another statement which follows. In this statement, he confirms we, we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality, or were outright mental defectives. These things were true to some extent, in fact, to a considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were thickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may of course mean little, but as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. And I'm just gonna my timer. Um, so this is it, <laughs> this is where we go. You know to uh you know this is where where we're we're guided you know to be reminded about the allergy of the body and um and and this is the important you know piece the element that was missing for me um I remember you know back in the day i of binging when I just could not stop, I didn't think it was you know, merely, you know, the substances that I, I, I couldn't control, you know, that, that my body actually was having a reaction that needed more and more of it. Now they have, you know, scientific evidence of, um, you know, sugar acting like dopamine and really, you know, having an effect on the body. But, you know, I I just felt like, you know, I, I couldn't stop. That couldn't stop feeling was really both for me. You know, on the one hand, it was it was my body, you know, definitely saying, I needed more, I needed more, just give me more. But the driving force to me was really that, that urge to eat all the feelings underneath all that other stuff that was going on. Um, But definitely when I I would hit my foods that would take me into this place where my body would have that reaction, um, you know, I I couldn't get enough. And um, it's that, it's like an abyss, like, I, I don't have to describe it here, I don't think. But that pull to just keep eating and, and not stopping, and I, I I know that the last my la- in my last relapse when um, when I was binging, I think the biggest disappointment was that it wasn't even working anymore. You know I was looking for this effect of just to just to be gone, like just to escape. And I, I remember taking, you know, um, candy, some, some candy stuff and, and just eating and eating and eating and after a while getting a stomach ache because I wasn't 265 pounds anymore. I, I couldn't handle as much anymore. And I remember being disappointed because my body wasn't, I couldn't take in as much sugar as I really wanted to. And, um, and you know, for me, what arrests this allergy, you know, what arrests this, this, pro, this, this, this destruction on my body is the steps you know, it's coming in to realize that food is just a substance, you know, it's something, and, and it's, it's a, it's in, and for me there are foods that are poison that I simply cannot have because it could wake up this, this allergy that my body, how my, and how my body responds. Um, but really digging into, into step one, really having to put down the food, um, you know, help me, help me see exactly, you know, where, what the root of my, my disease really is. So for me, this, The idea that um, there is a physical aspect to this. There is a physical component that my body does not respond. Maybe there's other people that can handle certain substances. I know I can't. Um, I've heard of people on this meeting who eat cheese doodles, which is wonderful. I can't do it. There's certain foods that I just cannot have in in my food plan. And And what keeps me abstinent, what keeps me, you know, I sit with other people. My food is weighed and measured. Um, I'm sitting with my family or something. My food is is just set out. What keeps me in that mode where my body is not screaming out for more sugar is the steps. And I know we're not there yet in the book, but we're going to get there soon. And it's so wonderful, and I feel so blessed to know that there is a solution for today. So thanks for allowing me to share, and I pass. Okay, thank you, Um, Rachel W.
4: Okay,
0: if you're just joining us, we're on page XXVI, and we're going to be commenting on those next two paragraphs after the letter. Who would like to share?
5: I would say Harlan G., Larry K.
0: Rita K. Harlan G., Larry K. Vasa K., Barbara E. Okay, I got you, Vasa. I got you, Harlan, Larry. I can't write. Um, Melissa Barbara E, Rita K, and it was Sandy S. Okay, Rita K. Okay, that's a great group. Elise N.
4: Elise N.
0: Elise N. Okay, you'll be the last one in this group, Elise. Okay, I have Sandy S, Harlan G, Larry K, Vasa Oh, Melissa C, Barbara E, Rita K, and L- Elise N. And sorry for the barking dogs. Okay. Go please first, Sandy S.
6: Hi, this is Sandy. Sandy. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sandy S. Currently in South Florida. Uh, what resonated with me was about suffering alcoholic torture and that I never really understood. I didn't just suffer alcoholic torture or torture with food. Underlying that for me was the emotional torture. And I never really understood that my body, it wasn't just the way it responded to food. The way it responded to stressful situations was totally abnormal. And I, I knew my mind was abnormal. But I never realized how abnormal my body was. And what was really abnormal was I was in full flight from reality, totally. I hated myself, and I was excessively fearful. And I thought everything I hated about myself and all my fears, I thought they were real. I never realized how distorted my thinking was. You know, I definitely identified, never had a problem. I always felt I was outrightly mentally defective. But with the program of healing, uh, I have really entered a new reality. There's no doubt about it. And um, I'm just very grateful uh, for the vision group, but even more grateful for my higher power. I really don't want to get too dependent on any group or person. I really need to put my full dependence in having a spiritual experience and knowing that there's a loving God always guiding me. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Sandy. Okay, Harlan G., you're up, followed by Larry K.
7: I'm Harlan G., Katie. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I want to thank you, Katie, for your service this morning, making this magnificent meeting possible, along with all the people on Team Wednesday. Why is this information so important? Why is this information so vital? This is the first time in recorded history, in the thousands and thousands of years that people have pondered about what addiction is and what it isn't. In the thousands of years that this is, this is the first time a physical component is mentioned. Everything up until this point has been weak will, laziness, lack of willpower, lack of character, lack of desire to have a good life. And here we are, here we are told that, it, that there is a physical component to this disease. Now, if you're new and you keep hearing people say, work the steps, we are working step one. How do you work step one? Step one, two, and three are not working steps. They are conclusions of the mind. And when I can conclude in my mind that this is me, then I've worked step one. What is me? I am a person, unlike others, who cannot eat some m and some Oreos, without wanting to eat more and more and more and more. In a normal person's body, the more they eat, the less food they want in my body the more i want the more i eat the more i eat the more i want the more i want the more i eat the more i eat the more i want and it's just endless this word allergy baffled me in 1979 when i came in and i had a very very good sponsor i've had good sponsors i have one now he lives in los angeles he's quite a character but The one that I had in 1979 sat with me and we looked up in a dictionary. Some of you are old enough to remember dictionaries. Before we had Google, we had a dictionary. And we looked up this word allergy and we found a definition of allergy which fit me completely and absolutely. It said, an adverse abnormal reaction to a food, beverage, or substance. Adverse means that it's harmful. And abnormal means most people don't react the way I do. When I eat an Oreo cookie, I react allergically because I set up an actual physical craving for more of the same. And by introducing it to my body, I will set up that allergy 100% of the time. And it doesn't matter how long it's been since I've had an Oreo cookie Every single time I eat one, I will eat 100. Every time I eat one M&M, I will eat 100. And there are many, many other substances also that I cannot eat with safety. And it says here, we are, in our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. And this is groundbreaking information because in the thousands of years that people have pondered about addiction, this is the first time we are putting in a physical component and this is very important and with that, I will
5: pass, thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan. Larry Kay, it's your turn, then Vasa O.
5: Good morning, Katie. Good morning, this is Larry uh, Kay. I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, just elaborate a little bit further on what uh, what Harlan shared, because it's so critical. See, Dr. Silkworth began to realize that alcohol did something to alcoholics physically that it didn't do for normal people. And so he presented this allergy theory that Harlan just spoke about. And Silkworth considered alcoholism an allergy. According to Silkworth's idea, alcoholics who consume alcohol have an allergic reaction to it. Their body creates substances, physical substances, that cause irresistible cravings for more alcohol. And it creates a loss of control. And I want to tell you about my daughter, my daughter Beth. I've got one daughter, and she has an allergy to peanuts. Beth has a physical manifestation to being exposed to peanuts, any amount of peanuts. could be peanut dust, accidental. And here is her adverse reaction to being exposed to peanuts. Throat constriction. I've seen it happen. Her throat begins to close up very quickly. And every single time Beth consumes any amount of peanuts, accidentally or otherwise but it's always been accidental guess what happens to her throat it closes up every time and she will die i've seen it here's our adverse physical reaction my adverse physical reaction is when i consume any amount of my bin substances the physical reaction is an amplification Or intensification for the desire for more. That's not normal. And I thought it was. You know why I thought it was normal? Because I experienced it, thus, I thought you experienced it, and you, and you, and you did as well, and you didn't. And that's why Beth can sit down and eat half a hamburger, and she gets satisfied. And you know what she does? It's the craziest thing. I've seen it. She gets disinterested in it. Who in the heck gets disinterested in a hamburger? Never, never experienced that. And so because I hadn't experienced that, I thought no one experiences that. Oh, yes, they do. And sometimes she can overindulge. But every time she consumes food, she's satisfied. When I consume my binge substances, it triggers a phenomenon of craving for more, an amplification for more. And this was critical information, like Harlan said, because if I didn't understand that or if I debated it, I will debate it to my grave. And I almost did. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Larry. Okay, now we'll have Vasa O followed by Melissa C.
8: Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive, VIDA, calling from Florida, and this was the piece that was missing. I had no clue I, that I had the allergy of the sugar, and um, I and you know talking with my sponsor, she tried to explain to me. I remember saying, "Yeah, that's me, that's me." I wanted more and more, and I loved the effects of it, and I thought that was so normal and uh, but i did have a i remember stealing money from my, my dad's um, um jar or something <clears throat> loose candy and i remember going to the store and buying candy and i kept on going back and forth buying it more and more it made me so sick you know i i never understood till i came and read the big book you know, the doctor's opinion about the allergy. And it made me feel good, but it made me so sick also at the same time. I had no clue. I had no understanding about allergy until I came and read the doctor's opinion and I heard from other people. Um, It's just amazing. If I, I, you know, I just wanted more and more. And if I did not put the sugar today, I would be dead today because I did not want to eat the food, and I used to cook for my family. I used to c- cook healthy meals. You know, by the time I got through cooking the meals, I didn't want to eat those things. I wanted. I reached out for the sugary things. I don't know where to be today, but I, it was scary for me to hear. It was a mental defect. I, had a men- I was mentally defect. I struggled with that, you know. I thought maybe I need to be put in a mental institution or something like that. Years ago, that was scary. That's what they did with alcoholics, you know. And uh, it's by the grace of God that I, will, I learned, and I needed to put it down to work the rest of the steps. I was ready. I'm not saying it was easy to put those things down. It was a torture. But I did step one, two, and three. I can't, he can and I will let him. Otherwise, I'm going to die and that was the first three steps I did all at once. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Okay, um, Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Hi.
9: Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so knowing that there's a physical component here, this is the piece that I needed to know more than anything. Um, And the fact that I am powerless to this fact. This is a fact. It's like, you know, my body is going to react and there is nothing I can do to stop that reaction if I ingest those foods. Just like, you know, I can't say to my heart, you know, stop eating, like slow down. You know, you feel nervous and your heart starts beating really fast. I have not been able to control Um, my heart from pounding. I can't, if I run and I start to sweat, I can't say, okay, stop sweating, cut it out. You know, you sweat enough. Haven't you sweat enough? And that is the same thing with, with this um, reaction that I had to to certain foods that, and I tried, you know, for years and years, I thought moderation, surely it's moderation. If I could just eat Like a lady, you know, I just wanted to have what everyone else looked like they could have. And, um, you know, and and so I grew up hearing things like, okay, you had enough. It's enough now. And then I would say those things to myself in my head. Um, And it didn't matter. I could not. You know, if I have a cookie, I'm eating the sleeve. And then I'm eating the box. And then I'm just getting warmed up. You know, it didn't matter that my stomach hurt. Um, it didn't matter that there would be consequences that I would have to account for missing food. Like in the midst of the binge, I am owned 100% by by my allergic substances. And believing that and knowing that that is two things. One, it can be really freeing, um, but it also comes with, Responsibility. If you want to recover, it means um, I can't make light of this thing. I can't go into Thanksgiving tomorrow and say, you, know, you know what, it's Thanksgiving. I'll allow my allergy to, um, you know, it, it'll take a reprieve for the day. It's Thanksgiving. Um, I'm allergic no matter what, and um, and if I had a peanut allergy and it was a deathly peanut allergy, I would have enough care for myself to call ahead to make sure that the food I had was gonna be served with safe, or I would bring my own. And if I'm not able to do that for myself, I'm a mom, I think in terms of my kids. Like Larry said, I'm sure, you know, if my kid had a peanut allergy, I don't walk into situations and and, and I'm gonna wing it. There is no winging it. My allergy exists every single day. Thank you, and once we
0: know that, you know, we can recover with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay. Okay, next we have Barbara E.
10: Thank you. Hey, may I be heard?
2: Yes, we hear
10: you. Oh, and then Rita wonderful. K. Wonderful. I have successfully unmuted then.
2: This is such an important chapter,
10: and I never read it when I went through the big book years before This is a transformative event. Someone used the term seminal event, and of course I had to look it up. Important event that changes the course of history. This brave doctor didn't have scientific proof that this was true, but he did have this theory. He had an assumption based on witnessing hundreds of people who had this psychic moral transformation, and they believe that there is a power which, along with intensive work with others and detoxing from their alcohol, in our case, our compulsive desire to overeat, can and does work because it appears to have worked. He uses the term allergy of the body and mental obsession of the mind. And I know for me, I certainly thought I was mentally defective. I kept doing the same thing over and over again. And as we all know, I expected different results. I thought I had control. I knew I had a higher power. I thought my higher power was food. I thought I could control the food, but I couldn't. I had to accept that I was totally incapable of controlling life and I had to accept life on life's terms. He was brave, as has been said before by many people who know much more about the big book. He did not even sign his name to the first edition because he would have been drugged drugged out of the scientific community because there was no scientific proof. But I know and we know that the body and the mind are affected. If a person is not affected by this odd mental twist, they can have an M&M and not go back for a hundred. I convinced myself over and over again that I could have just one. I played that game of Russian roulette Putting one bullet in the chamber of the gun and holding it to my head and saying, Well, maybe the gun won't have the bullet in it this time. I can eat just one. It doesn't have to be an Oreo cookie. It never was an Oreo cookie. I had my own allergic substances. But I'll hold the gun to my head and maybe it'll work this time. But maybe the second time it won't work and it'll be. One, two, five, a decade worth of compulsive overeating, and then starting all over again for an event. And once the event was over, I went back to it until O.A. Thank you, Dr. Silkworth, and thank you to you, our leader for today, and to everyone else.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Rita Kay, you're up, followed by Elise N.
11: Thank you. This is Rita Kay, and I'm a Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. You know, one thing that my sponsor has revealed in me is that there are nine musts in the doctor's opinion, and there's one on this page um, in that second sentence in this statement. He confirms we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. I work in the field of mental health, and so I'm accustomed to goals and outcomes. And you set goals, you know, for a client, and, and then you expect outcomes eventually. And how many times have I set goals, you know, with my own disease, with this? Okay, I'll go to therapy, and I'll do this, and I'll do this, as far as dealing with my mind around this disease. But as long as you take just that one part of it, you know, nothing is going to happen with us because we have an allergy of the body. And so like he says here is that we must believe that, you know, that's not something for us to just go, well, maybe this month, but next month I'm not going to have the allergy to whatever. And for me, you know, some of the normal stuff is on my list, you know, like, like Oreos I've mentioned, but you know, cherries, I mean, I, I have an allergy to cherries, and, and it took me a while to accept that because it's a fruit and it's healthy, you know, but, you know, I have experienced binging on that, and so therefore, that is, that's one of my, you know, foods that, that my body reacts abnormally to, and so I am, I am just as abnormal uh, in my body as I am in my mind, and so as it says here, we must believe that we don't, you know, we we don't have an option here, and we, we have lived, I have lived for many years, like I do have an option. But when you look at it, that it says we must believe this in order to recover, then that's something that I need to accept and also recognize within my own body and within my own mind. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Rita. Okay,
1: Elise and Europe.
0: Elise, press star one to unmute. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now.
4: <clears throat> okay. Um, I love this chapter. I don't know how much attention I paid to it before now. Um, but I'm I'm speaking as a person who's hoping to recover. Um, I'm in two weeks. I'm just about on step four. And I've been in this program 30 years, and I've never worked it like this before. Um, you know, doing I'm, you know, one in one day listening to six thirty to seven thirty meeting, then seven to eight, then eight to nine, then listening to Harlan podcast for two hours and then, you know, writing on the doctor's opinion and calling people writing on four paragraphs that mean something to me, teaching them to my sponsor, calling three people to see which paragraphs they like and ending up talking to seven before people call back. And that's kind of like going to college for the day. And that's okay. That's what I need. Because I was telling my food sponsor, what's different? I need to work this program with the same intensity that I ate. And that has brought me to the point after eight years of eight years of not being abstinent and fighting get abstinent again, that God has chosen to lift my cravings. But I know that right now, um, I have reason to be scared sometimes. Went to a wedding last night. And these weddings, Jewish weddings, man, they start at 6 o'clock with the food, with the smorgasbord, and then, then, you know, each, each course, I mean, you go from then to like 11, 12 at night or more, we keep eating, and um, I was on my way there, and I had what I call my backup food, you know, a starch, a protein, and I called my food sponsor, and I said, okay, how should I handle this wedding, let's, let's go, and we we made a plan for how I would handle the wedding, because I was afraid, you know, I know I'm not fully recovered, and I was afraid, but I, knew, but I knew that I'm willing to do whatever it took at this wedding. And that is not where I've been for the last eight years. That is completely different. And uh, my, my step sponsor said, that's because you have step three. You know, I know that I'm completely powerless over food. I know that this is a, this is a physical allergy. It used to bother me when it said in the book, allergy. I figured that meant highs. No, I break out in cravings. And uh, I'm very grateful um, that I'm taking this as seriously as I am. And I'm I'm feeling like I have that to say and that it's important to say because if somebody is coming out of relapse or somebody is new and they have, you know, a critical level disease like I do, I'm five foot two and weigh 260 pounds. And I'm grateful to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Elise. Okay. We'll open it up again. We're on page uh we're uh, right under the uh document letter on page X X V I. Who would like to share? Leah. Okay. Okay. okay, I got Craig F, Leah M. And okay. yeah. okay.
2: okay. okay.
0: Nessa Welcome.
4: R.
2: Melanie Donna T, L.
8: Rita P. Did I you get Lady? D.? Leah D. Thank you. Did you, okay, that's did you get Stacy T.?
0: Okay, Stacy. Thank you. Donna L. Uh, and Donna L.? Yes. Okay. We'll T. see if we can get all those. No, I, I know things. I didn't do it in the order that you said them. Said your names. Okay, I got you, Melanie. We'll see if we can get you in. I apologize, um, I didn't do as well this time, but I don't know if we'll get all these, we have, um, I don't know how many minutes, I can't count right now, okay, I have Craig F, Leah M, Nessa R, Rita P, Leah D, Stacy T, Donna L, and Melanie C, go ahead please, Craig F.
1: Craig
12: Star one to
0: unmute. All right, hey, so well,
12: I know I heard. You, okay, there you are. Great. Can you hear? I, I didn't think I'd remute it. Okay, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I, I'm kind of a hard-headed person, and you know, I know there's some people that know me that are laughing when I say that, but I, I can be terribly hard-headed, and when I came into this. Program, I was uh, really resistant to this idea that I had some sort of allergy. I hear people say, you know, I can't uh, eat sugar, and and I go, well, you know, uh, you know, (sighs) it's not about that, you know, it's about this. It's about understanding why I eat. It's about and and I and I just ri and I said you know my one of my worst binge foods was protein doesn't have sugar in it it was you know you put a lot of uh, smoked chicken in front of me and I'm gone on a binge and uh, so I, I I just couldn't see I just couldn't see the uh, the the allergy in, in its form and part of the reason I couldn't see that allergy was that um my body was so used to it that um, that I didn't have a I didn't feel the sensitivity to it until I be, and I had to do a lot of experimentation and I you know I, I came in and and quite frankly got abstinent on the fellowship and and uh, uh, got abstinent on this on the on the group support and uh, I I which lasted a good year and then a, and then a shaky year before I relapsed and lost a lot of weight and i thought uh, you know i i still had things that had uh, a little had a little sugar in them and i thought that's just not you know it's just not right for me somehow but when i did eat r- real sugar again um there was i had no i i i had no control i i was off and running and and then, you know, I, I, I couldn't get abstinent, and I couldn't get abstinent, and then I'd get abstinent for a while. And I one time I got six months, and I think I've told this story before, but uh, the uh, about six months in, I I had a, an awful lot of business stress, and we were had to work through the night. I had to miss a date. I was uh, the um, – we were uh, driving sheet piling, and the vibrations were causing – Water moccasins to fall out of the trees all around us. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was. It, uh, I can't paint this scenario uh, horrible enough. And uh, I I had missed supper, and I was out there till midnight. And on the way back to town, I thought I'll stop and get a chicken sandwich and a diet coke, and I'll eat the chicken and, and a salad at at, at, at McDonald's actually, because that was the only open. And and I walked in, and the guy said, uh, "Our." Soda machines down here have, have a, 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 a shake uh, on me instead. And I was in such poor condition spiritually that I took that shake. And when I took that shake, it was like heroin to me. It was, uh, I've never taken heroin, but I listened to that drug addicts that have and had them talk about that warm glow that goes through their body. Well, that warm glow went through my body. And I had one, and as I came back to town, I, I, I was about. Okay. I had another, and I couldn't get off, and I learned about the allergy, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Craig. Leah M. You're up, followed by Nessa R.
13: Thank you very much. That the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. I needed this education about the exact nature of my disease, um, and I needed, you know, to understand its severity. Um, And thank you, Dr. Silkworth. You know, Dr. Silkworth found that when an alcoholic took even a little bit of alcohol into his system, this switch went on inside the alcoholic's body, and the only thing the alcoholic wanted to do is drink more alcohol. And when I, it's really crazy, it really is crazy, but when I eat certain foods, I cannot control the amount of food I eat, because something happens to me when I put certain substances, ingredients into my body, I develop an insatiable appetite for more, and once I start, I have little or no control. It's like I take that first bite, and that first bite takes me. It's, it's any amount of trigger food in my body was like taking a match and whoosh, throwing it in a bucket of gasoline. Because when I reviewed my eating history, when I looked back over my long career of compulsive overeating starting when I was a little kid. I could identify certain substances that had that same effect on me, just like the alcohol affected the alcoholic. It wasn't just a taste sensation. When I ate certain foods, my body was triggered, and I would eat more and more and more and more of that food. And that feeling only intensified. It never satisfied. And, of course, I would stop feeling because it was like an artificial sense of peace for someone like me. And I would just eat more and more until I was anesthetized and drunk with food. And I had to get a good education that certain foods were going to have and still would have, even after three decades, that physical effect on me, a drug effect on me. And because of that, I have to refrain from compulsive overeating, those individual binge foods, those individual binge ingredients, individual eating behaviors of mine. I have to be in a state of food sobriety. I have to be as sober with my food as an alcoholic has to be with alcohol. And there's no compromise. There's no middle ground because I will never be... Uh, changed in that way. My body is made that way because if I take in certain substances, it will trigger the phenomenon of craving and I'm condemned. I'm doomed because the only way an alcoholic can crave alcohol is by putting it in his system and it's the same thing for me. Now, I've got a problem much worse than what I've just described and that, of course, is the reason why there's such an urgency and necessity for the steps. But I had to get this piece This piece was the first piece I had to understand. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Um, Okay, Nessa R., you're up, followed
0: by Rita P.
14: Thank you. Um, Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And, um, you know, it is important to understand about the allergy of the body. The reason why it is crucial is because unless I understand its significance, I will not understand or internalize the imperative of being entirely abstinent. And we're going to read um, in a a couple of pages or so, uh, maybe the next page I can't remember, that um, the only remedy we have to suggest for this allergy is entire abstinence. Um, you know and when i uh, when I struggled in the rooms for nine years at the beginning of my my tenure here i've been um, in a way for uh, i don 't know like almost fifteen years and uh, recovered for almost six um, it's because I heard messages like it's okay to be imperfectly abstinent you know my 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 uh, uh, abstinence is sloppy, but I 'm doing the best I can. Um, you know, just work the steps and everything will come together. And that never worked for me. And it's because I didn't understand about this allergy of the body. You know, and let's face it, if I carried an EpiPen, if I carry an EpiPen for peanut allergy, I would be reading every single label of every single product that I bring into my home to make sure there's not even a trace of peanuts. You know, I wouldn't say things like, well, you know, peanuts are not in the first five ingredients, so it's okay. Or like, oh, well, you know, there's nothing I can do because everything has peanuts in it. I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. And so why would I do it with my other um, allergies? Why would I have an... I personally have an allergy to sugar and sweeteners and flour. Why would I say, oh, well, you know, what's the use? There's sugar in everything. Well, if there's sugar in everything, then I make my own food. That's what I would do if I carried an epipel for peanuts. My allergy is no less deadly than a peanut allergy. Maybe it'll take longer, um, but I believe it is deadly and therefore it's imperative for me to be abstinent because although... Abstinence is not the only thing that is there to our program of recovery. Recovery cannot happen unless I am entirely abstinent. That is the beginning. That is the prerequisite. And I understand how important that is when I understand the allergy of the body. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Rita P., you're up, followed by Leah D.
0: And that will probably end. We'll have to stop with them.
15: Good morning, it's Reva P, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. These paragraphs are a huge remember when for me. Um, I went to very um, skilled and well-meaning nutritionists. I was at a research-based eating disorders clinic and I was always demoralized and, you know, it says, It wasn't enough to be told I'm just mentally defective. I was so ashamed and I could not figure out why I could be so intelligent in so many areas of my life but couldn't master and control this food business. Um, And it was just a huge source of embarrassment um, because everybody else seemed to do it and I couldn't. Um, And it was such a relief reading this chapter. And I love the fact that the big book, Um, knows that I might not pay attention to one sentence, so it says the same kind of thing over and over. And he uses the word confirms, must. Like this is not one of the suggestions. This is a must. Um, And we are sure. So this is a definite. This is an obligation, indispensable necessity if I want to get well. And the relief is, I am not stupid I am not a bad girl. I don't need to have shame. I have something different physiologically in my body. My body reacts differently to certain chemicals that I find in food, uh, certain uh, ingredients, even behaviors. And that's a fact. That's the truth. There is no debate. Um, And it was the first time in my life that I had to admit At a deep level that I might be different but different doesn't mean bad or not good enough it's just different Um, as people have shared you know people with other kinds of allergies it's just a weird kind of allergy because I don't get the hives I I break out in wanting more and you know what it's the first step to admitting that I need to do certain things that maybe other people don't need to do and I have to have the courage to say no thank you uh, check out labels, menus, um, and that just takes a huge amount of courage, but there's no shame now. It's just a fact. It's just the way it is, um, and I'm so grateful. And it was such a relief then, and it's still a relief now to know I'm a pickle. I'm never going back to a cucumber, and there's no judgment. And with that,
0: I pass. Thank you so much, Rita. Okay, Leah D., it's your turn. And then Stacy, Donna, morning, and Melanie, if you could come on to the second hour. Thank you.
16: Leah D., do you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. good morning. D. Well, first of all, I somehow don't understand Roman numerals. And I always thought Roman numerals were important. And I don't understand why they're there anyway. So for me for 40 years I never read the doctor's opinion because it was Roman numerals like what's the doctor's opinion you're going to tell me okay they're not going to tell me anything cuz I'm not an alcoholic they're going to talk to alcoholics they're going to give me a story okay skip that chapter and I skipped most of the Roman numerals because I didn't need them anyway and the truth is that when I came into these rooms 42 years ago I recovered through fellowship because it was the first time people treated me like a person and not like an it. You know, what's wrong with you? Not like an it. And I recovered through fellowship and weighing and measuring and the holy grace sheet. But I didn't have anything the doctor's opinion taught me. I didn't know anything. And for me, my allergy to the body is all food. I'm listening to everyone here thinking, nope, all of it. Every morsel of it. And as a matter of fact, when I came in, I'll be almost two years recovered December the 6th. And I'm going through an emotional rough time. My husband passed away five weeks ago. And I'm living in recovery, recovery, recovery. And I remember coming back because at that point, the allergy was so bad that food didn't mean anything anymore. It didn't have any joy. It was just a blob, a giant blob. And I honestly remember calling Kim G and said, Kim, am I allowed to enjoy my meal I was so fearful when I read the doctor's opinion the first time that I was attuned to every feeling because I didn't understand allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, mental twist, like it suddenly hit me. And I said, am I allowed to enjoy what I'm eating? Because I believed if I enjoyed it, that was a mental twist. And thank God she explained what to feel, what to look for, and today... I feel like a little bit, not an expert, but I work with people and look at their food plants and say, wait a minute, take that fruit out of the morning. It's setting you off. I've come to understand that paper doesn't equal recovery and allergy. And um, I work very hard on that because my suffering was so severe and so deep that I want others not to do what I did. Because I had no guidance and no one taught me about allergy of the body and Dr. Silkworth and all this good stuff. And it is a college degree, and this is what needs to be given over, not to start a chapter three. And I still don't know the Roman numerals, but I'm going to learn them, I'm going to study them, and I am going to give over the gift that I've gotten today. But for me, food in general. All of it. It doesn't matter what it is. I can get set off on everything because that's who I am. I'm a hardcore, deep addict that was so empty her whole life that nothing filled it up. Time. That's it, time. Thank you so much for letting me share.
0: Thank you, um, Leah D. and uh, Stacy T., Donna L., and Melanie C. I'm sorry we didn't get to you, but if you want to stick around for the second hour, uh, that would be great. Um, And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Thank you to Team Wednesday, Tenzin P., Susan O., Rachel W., Lisa B., and Tina S. I appreciate you all being here, helping us have this meeting. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, November 22nd, is 10,700. That's 10700. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lisa B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
3: Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.